having a horrible week. Well, hang in there because we are back with your favorite avatar, The Last Airbender Rewatch Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Muhammad, and as always, I'm joined by my good pal, Jacob Redman. Jacob, how are you doing on this scalding hot morning? <laughs> scalding hot for you, Zach. I would say it's pretty comfortable where I am. Uh, it, but also, I think scalding hot was my trigger word. I'm actually a sleeper cell, uh, ready to take down this podcast. So watch out. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't realize scalding hot was the trigger word. That was yeah. it. It's firebender hot in Vancouver here. Holy. Zuko and Azula would love this weather. But for <laughs> little old Zach, I'm melting. It's 100 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm melting yeah. my keister off. Well, see, I'm in Texas this week visiting some friends, and I thought like it was going to be miserably hot, but it's not too bad this week. And, and uh, sadly, Zach, you got the short end of the stick. Uh, it's too bad. But yeah, facts. You, you know, well, we're not alone. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you pass out from heat exhaustion, at least we'll be able to continue the podcast. <laughs> uh, we're joined by the great Felipe. You know him from the Brazilian Dragon podcast. Uh, he's on with me talking Scooby snacks and chats. He's also going over the high school musical show on Disney plus he, he's on Renap. Uh, he does community building. Well, you were on Renap one time. One time t- talking about high school musical. Yeah. You said, I, that's not the top of my credentials. You were like, Oh, he's also on Renap. The one appearance I had on Renap. <laughs> well, it was a great appearance. Anyway, we're joined by Felipe. Felipe, how are you doing? I'm good. I am so excited to be here. I don't know if I can follow up AJ Norris because that's an icon, but I'm excited <laughs> to try. Um, I'm actually only here because I never got to podcast with Zach and I'm very oh, yeah. oh, shucks. Yeah, you filled in for me on the Zuko Alone episode. Thank yes. you for that when I was on my little sabbatical. So there you go. Yeah. Yes, well, and I, I needed to hang out with Zach. So, Jacob, thank you for being uh, here, but it's just going to be me and Zach. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's fine. I, I can just go leave. That's all right. Uh, yeah, anyway, welcome back, uh, Felipe. It's great to have you back. Um, Lake Lao Guy, a great episode. Why is this one that you were interested to podcast about? Um, I feel like it's one that is kind of slept on in the back half of season two. Like we, I feel like it's the end of the jet arc, obviously, and that's the most notable thing. But I think it's overall a really fantastic episode and i think uh everyone talks about tales of bossing say and Aqua's last days mm-hmm. and crossroads destiny but i feel like this one is up there and like it's obviously recognized properly but not as an individual episode and more as part of the arc of season two so i wanted to talk about it um and i just like that every last time we only focused on zuko this time we get to focus on literally every single character uh, yeah so. yeah that's that's definitely true you know last time you got like one character now you're getting like everyone coming together um and you say that this episode's not like you know known as being like a great episode definitely on a rewatch i think it can get lost in the shuffle but this episode won like a, an actual award it, it won like a primetime emmy um for like being a great episode of tv so like the, at least the Emmy Academy was not sleeping on it. What 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 was the Emmy? What category was that? I didn't even know. It's like individual achievement or something like that. It's oh, like the only one. I believe it's the only one that like Avatar um, like won. But it like they have like a bunch of awards for like outstanding individual achievement, and this was one of the was one of the episodes that won. 
Yeah, I honestly forgot just how good this episode was. To be honest, I I I, I was one of the people. I'm not not. I wasn't a detractor of this episode, but I was kind of sleeping on it. And yeah, this episode's amazing. It really holds up. I'm gonna give this a very high score. Not not a four, but spoiler alert, minor spoiler, but close to because it's yeah. that good. So I googled Lake Lao Guy emmy and it took me to the avatar wiki which the wikis on many of these shows are wild one of them is this is the only episode in which iroh reprimands zuko under trivia so that that's like in a very yeah. important piece of trivia that we needed like i guess that is true but like you can come up with that all the time like this is yeah. the only time where like momo flies into the sun like, sure. <laughs> like, is that interesting piece of trivia? Like, I don't know. Also, no, there's, no. there's another piece that it says this this episode is basically the plot of X Men Two. Um, oh, so. that is actually true. This this the episode is kind of just X Men Two. Like, the government hates all the, both the good and the bad guys. The bad guys escape. Like, this is X Men Two. I think yeah. it's better actually. I a agree. better a better version of X Men Two. I didn't know this is what we we're gonna go with. Yeah, what <laughs> in terms of how to describe this episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. Describe it to a friend is like, oh, have you seen X Men Two? It's kind of like that, but better. And they're just like, okay, sounds good. Um, yeah. Well, this is a great episode. But before we get too far into it, we have something we have to address. Uh, there is just something that has been weighing on my mind for the past few days. It is Davis, comma Will. Coming my in, my boy, my boy, with an, with an absolute contribution to the medium of Avatar. Uh, so, in the City of Walls and Secrets episode, there was this like bending, like rock paper scissors type thing, but like with the different types. And so, at first, uh, he came up with the four types: fire, earth, air, and water, and had them all fight. But the problem was, is that you're always going to have a tie because there's only four, and so like. He had to have earth and air tie and water and fire tie. So instead, he came up with a fifth type of the boomerang. So now it perfectly works out where everything wins a two and loses to two. And I have to say, this game ought to be played like somewhere. We need to have a competition. We need to like, I don't know, host something in the Discord where we try to see who's the best at this game. Zach, did you get a chance to look at this? Yeah, I did. And man, kudos, shout out Davis, comma, Will, because this game looked complex, to be honest. <laughs> My little pea brain was having issues trying to follow along with this game, but it looked really good. Shout out Davis, comma, Will. He did an excellent job creating this game. And yeah, I'd be down to play with anybody. So yeah, anyone who wants to play in the Discord, holla at me. I'm down. And he even came with the receipts on like the odds of a tie. Like he's like the odds of the tie are one over in. And so his in gets larger and you add more elements and becomes less likely there's a tie. And it's like, dang, the math major pays off. Yeah. Uh, yeah he did the major. I don't understand. I went to the college of optional math. So <laughs> <laughs> college of optional math. That's, that's good. Um, I think you might've told me that before, but I still find it funny. Um, anyway, Not as so, funny as Aunt Wu, Aunt who, Oh, that is the best joke. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. At least I'm not the only one who brings it up. And I know you're only bringing it up because you knew that I would like it, but I still appreciate it. Uh, anyway, so he created this game. I'm going to quickly go over what wins against what, I guess. Uh, I think it's going to be easier if I put it like the, the like finished picture in the show notes. But quickly, Earth beats Fire and Boomerang. Fire beats Boomerang and Air. Boomerang beats air and water, air beats water and earth, 
and water beats earth and fire. Now, that sounds complicated. He's drawn a very great diagram. But even more impressive is how well he drew the symbols of all the different elements. Yeah, that's what the diagram itself is very impressive. That's why we have to post it in the show notes because it's beautiful, honestly. I, like he must have double majored in art. Like he, this is like Iroh <laughs> levels of perfection where Iroh like drew the stuff in the sand. Like, okay. Soccer is I see this compared. Yeah. To, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. We'll get there in a second, but uh, yeah. Davis Connell will art expert, uh, math expert. Thank you. I, I really did enjoy playing this and I am very excited to play um, at some point, maybe yeah. at the end of the podcast. Can we have a quick round where we, where we play? Sure. Um, sure. I did. I love his reasoning for the boomerang. Like boomerang can slice through air and water. The easiest probably. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are the hand symbols though? That's my issue. Like, does he have those as well in the? Oh, the- that's true. Yeah, because fire is like the like fingers going up. I guess water can be like hands going side to side, like you're a snake. You could do like a literal rock, like rock was yeah, yeah rock, rock for easy. earth. Okay, what's boomerang like? <laughs> like a slice. <laughs> Like a karate chop. Okay, karate chop. And then what's the last one? Air? Air. Air? Like, I have no idea. Did you ever, when you were a kid, did you ever like play rock, paper, scissors, shoot? And then you were trying to be smart and they would be like rock. And I'm like, no, I'm like the garbage disposal that throw, like, or whatever, (laughs) the fire or whatever. All, All the time. Like, people would play with me and I'd be like, like I'd be like, actually, uh, you thought that I picked scissors, but I actually picked like uh, like hedging clippers, and the hedging clippers are big enough to actually beat the rock. So actually, you lose. <laughs> I was so annoying. You guys ever play with laser sword? Because I remember there was this like drink, there was this milk commercial, and then it was like laser sword beats everything, and it was like rock paper and scissors playing with each other, and then the laser sword was too powerful, so that's what we would play with just because of the milk drinking commercial. Uh, I've never played with laser sword, but that's good to know that, uh, it's like a little crossover to star Wars universe. True. Yeah. Well, I just would make stuff up and like, I would change it all the time. I'd be like, okay, now I, I hit, I hit the delete button. So whatever you do, doesn't, doesn't work or like that would be <laughs> my, I would just make something up every time. I play black hole and actually black hole, like sucks all of your things into and, like a plane that doesn't exist. And actually you lose. Yeah. That's like so funny. That's exactly how kids play. I've got like two siblings who are pretty young and anytime I play with them, I was playing little like stick figure or not stick figure, like little like superhero action thing. And I was like, Oh, Superman just used his like laser vision on Spider-Man. And my brother was like, no, he didn't. And I was like, yes, he did. And he's like, no, but actually, like, the laser bounced off of my eyes and hit your eyes. And I was like, great. You <laughs> I was not a very good, good, good improver. Yeah, well. He needs to learn yes and. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Let's get let's get him in some improv lessons. But anyway, that we're not actually here to talk about uh, improv lessons for five-year-olds. We're here to talk about Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, Lake Lao Guy. Um, anyway, so we open up on the episode on Sokka. And Sokka, you know, he's doing his best. He's drawn pictures of Appa, trying to find uh, the perfect picture for the poster that Aang is going to take all throughout the city. What are your thoughts on uh, Sokka's art here? Uh, It's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, fair, though, I would have similar art to Sokka, so I cannot complain. I would not be able to draw Appa. I would also make it look like he has feet coming out of his head. (laughs) 
So yeah, <laughs> I, I can't fault him too much. My brother is a very talented artist, but I never was a talented artist myself, so I could not draw at all. So I could relate to Sokka in this scene, sadly. But yeah, he's just making some very crude drawings of Appa. Felipe, what were your thoughts on his yeah. drawings? Would I have done better? No, but I thought the last <laughs> one that we saw was probably the worst because we saw a few drafts and I thought some of those were better. Um, but yeah, yeah, he did his best. Well, definitely. Like, so the last one that he does is like from above, which is like a perspective that no one would get from Appa. Like, I don't know why you'd like see a missing <laughs> animal and draw like the bird's eye view of him, especially one that can fly himself. The side profile is way better, but also like this just reminds me like, yes, these are incredibly talented children, but they're also children. Like he, like Sokka's like what? 15, 14. I think, I think he's 15. Like, of course he can't draw. Like, why would he know how to draw? He lived in the Southern water tribe. Like, yeah, give him a break, (laughs) but it it was pretty ugly. Um, Yeah. The last one looked like a peanut. (laughs) I did not think you were going to finish that. Oh, (laughs) this is a family friendly podcast. I don't know what you were about to say, but uh, (laughs) thankfully um, the avatar and uh, Katara, they roll up, they have a really well done poster. This poster is like to the T what, what, uh, what's up Felipe? They said that they found a printer and I want to know where they found a printer. Who lets them like snoop around busting say. Yeah. Yeah. You would have thought that like, the Dai Li would have a bit better control of the printing press. Like that seems like one of the easiest ways to like cause chaos in a society is like print news. That's like against the main power. So like the Dai Li is just like asking for it at this point. Yeah. I also was stupid. I was like, wait, they had printers in the 1800s. Cause that's where I assume the show takes place. And I was like, wait, yes, they did. They did. <laughs> So. Yeah, I know. I thought the same thing, Felipe. I was like, did they have printers in the 1800s? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's when it was created. But then the, the printer is very detailed. It looks exactly like Appa. Yeah, it yeah, it does look exactly like Appa. Um, that is true. I'm more so flabbergasted that you didn't know when printers existed. But 15 something, right? 1592? I don't know. 1592. That's a very specific date. Maybe that is right. I, I thought it was like I thought it was like 15th century, like 1400s that were printing. I didn't come with that fun fact today. I did come in with a fun fact, though. Oh, no, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. I mean, maybe I can pull. Uh, (sighs) My fun fact was the meaning of Lao Guy. Oh, well, 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 we'll get there. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. there. We'll get there. Okay, that is perfect. I yeah. Okay, perfect. I will not say anything yet. Um, but yeah, so then we have this picture that's like very, very well drawn. Uh, like this gets Appa's details exactly, which makes you think like maybe the person drawing it had seen Appa before. Cause like, yeah. I don't know, it looked pretty good. Um, yeah. So anyway, like they kind of trash on Sokka's, uh, garbage drawings, but then, you know, Toph's there to support, <laughs> support, uh, Sokka and saying like, oh, your drawing looks just like Appa <laughs> and just leaves that out there for Sokka to fall even further when he realizes that obviously, uh, yeah. I did like, cause sometimes they'll play with it and like, he'll take it seriously and he starts to take serious. Then he realizes. So sometimes they, I like how they play around with that format. Cause oftentimes it's tough saying something and he doesn't get mm-hmm. it in the moment. And then she says, no, I'm blind. Um, and has to remind <laughs> it, but then he like caught it this time. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's finally catching up. Um, yeah. So anyway, we get that. Now we go to Iroh, 
Iroh is uh, making tea so well that the entire city is all a buzz. Now, there have been some, like, you know, restaurants that'll open. People are like, oh, like, this restaurant's so good. Like, you need to go try it. It just opened. But I've never, ever heard of a tea shop so good that you have to go try it. What is Ira putting in this tea that's so good? Is this like the Coca-Cola where it used to have actual Coke? Yeah, I was gonna say, what is he? Is he putting crack in the tea? So that's pretty funny. <laughs> Both our minds were in the gutter there. Yeah, I don't know what he's putting in the tea to make it so addictive and delicious. Felipe, what's your? What do you think he's putting in it? I think he's just a master tea maker. Like he knows his tea, and like he put it, he makes it so well that it tastes like um, crack. Like this reminds me of the Doctor Different plot where he's gonna make hot chocolate so good that he's gonna give two free samples. And then the third one, he's going to charge a million dollars because it's that good. So um, <laughs> that is yeah. a that is a classic strategy for people who sell drugs. So yeah. perfect. Oh, Felipe, I forgot to tell to tell the people that you're that you have um, the Phineas and Ferb rewatch podcast. Yeah, Shame that, on me. that was part of the reason why I was like, you plug Renat before the head, <laughs> like, but yeah. Well, I was on the I was on the high school musical train, True, but yeah. anyway, I've been on one. Speaking episode, of Davis, I'm a yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Davis Conley, well, yeah, we have to complete the trifecta and get him on an episode. Uh, yeah. I mentioned this to, to him earlier. So, yeah, we'll we'll get him on. Maybe he can explain. Well, I'm trying to think if there's a math heavy episode of Avatar. I don't Probably think there not. is. At least I, I kind of hope not, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, uh, uh, no, well, the, I we already that. got to the height of it with the economics of uh, whatever. Like you had an emailer who used to write in with like the yeah, Daniel. econ Daniel. theory. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Professor Daniel. I uh, absolutely love the econ questions. Um, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to get him on. But anyway, we go back. Uh, yeah, we're in Iroh's tea shop. And Iroh here is getting, I guess, the offer of a lifetime. He can make his own tea shop. He gets a move to the upper ring of the city. He's going to get an apartment. All of this is going to go well, except his former owner, or not his former owner, his former employer is saying like, uh, no, don't go. I'll make you like all of these fake titles to give you like the regional manager. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It had uh, a lot of feel to like assistant regional manager, Dwight Schrute, like Dwight Schrute would have totally fallen for this. Yeah. He would have been like, great. That sounds so fun. Yeah. The actual title was senior executive assistant manager. So not even manager, just, and you know that doesn't come with the pay raise. He's just going to get more hurt. No, like, exactly. No, yeah, definitely not. But um, you talked about this on the podcast a few weeks ago. That would you stay in the in the outer ring to like hopefully one day move up to the upper ring, or would you try to like pull a Zuko in? I don't know what exactly the question was, but you discussed like what you would rather do in this scenario. Well, I think we were just saying, like, the upper ring seems stiff. Like, I'm not sure I'd want to go there. Like, uh, yeah, the upper ring may not be for me. I think, uh, you know, middle ring is where it's at. So if I was Ira, I'd be like, no, I'll take my middle ring tea shop. I'll just go ahead. I'll have a solid tea shop that everyone can go to. I'm not trying to be exclusive for the rich folk. Really? Uh, So you would be the senior executive assistant manager? You would take that this is. No, 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 this isn't the lower ring. See, I would. Oh, I would okay. So you're trying to split the difference here. Split the difference. That's that's what my goal oh, is. And I and I get it. Yeah, well, I mean, no one would take this, right? No one except Dwight Schrute. Like Rudy pointed this out. <laughs> no, of course, Discord that it's just like Dwight Schrute. Like, yeah, I can't imagine that anyone would have actually taken the offer, though. No, hundred so, percent not. Yeah. Um. 
anyway, so then like everyone's excited about this, uh, except obviously the owner of the old tea shop and Zuko and Zuko just doesn't care. Zuko's like, great. I'll try to contain my excitement. Uh, May really rubbed off on him somehow. Yeah, but the, the thing is, Zuko, why are you not happy for your uncle here? Your uncle just got like the biggest <laughs> promotion. He got his own. You finally, you're getting your own apartment. You're actually moving on up to the east side of Boston. Say, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like you should be a little happy. They move on up to the east. <laughs> <laughs> nice. There we go. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Zuko should be. I, if my uncle got a promotion and stuff, I'd be a little happy for him. Zuko's kind of being a little bit of a petulant child here. I feel like. Oh really? Yeah. You don't say. Zuko's being a petulant <laughs> child. Isn't that just true? Too? Like what? True. Are we talking? Like that's just that's no, hundred percent, hundred percent. But I'm I'm just pointing it out in this instance yeah. in particular. He's just extra well, petulant. Well, it's really disappointing for him, I guess, that he goes outside to be all upset because as he goes outside, he has a flyer fall into his hand and he sees that there is a bison. Not only any bison, but Appa is in Ba Sing Se. He like, goes up to the rooftops, like pretty, some impressive parkour to get up there. Um, but yeah, he gets up to the rooftops and then he sees that he can get the avatar back on his old mission. I guess old habits die hard. Um, yeah, he knows he can. Cap- he knows Ang is in the city, and he just re- decides to continue his relentless pursuit of Ang here. Yep. Uh, have heard- you ever watched? Oh, go, oh, on, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, mine is so unrelated. I just it was a little detail that I've never picked up on in the anime show, but like I noticed that his eye went up, but it was only the right eye, and like that makes sense, like physically. But I always assumed that they like did both eyes equally. But, oh, oh yeah, I didn't know like a small that. little detail that I noticed that like his eye widens, but like his other eye is like injured. So I just picked yeah. up on that on my watch before. Yeah, I did notice that in his expression, like only one eye can actually open the other one's like sinister. Yeah. So yeah, that was very cool. I was going to mention something totally unrelated. Yeah, have you ever seen Kiki's Delivery Service? I have. Long I watched it like years ago, yeah. so I don't remember it that clearly. But okay. I know it's like the Ghibli movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the like the plot device is that like Kiki can like fly around and like, she like delivers stuff. Anyway, it made me think that like Aang in a separate lifetime is just like the perfect mail service. Like airbenders would be the um, most amazing postal service, um, like for the avatar universe. Yeah. Agreed, fact, yeah. It's kind of like Hermes is like the Greek messenger God. And then mm. he's the fastest God. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nice way to tie it back to something. Uh, yeah, that, that was yeah, that was a fun fact. <laughs> no, there you wow. go. Oh, Zach's already knocked it out. Nerds. Got my fun fact out of the way here. See, I yeah. don't come with them prepared. I come with the fun facts off the dome. That's how I. Yeah, do it. I mean, Zach's just so talented. You know, he doesn't have <laughs> oh, to prepare his fun oh. facts. He's just like he's just there, ready to go. Oh, I uh, shucks! What a what a nice guy Jacob is. Always <laughs> complimenting me. Uh, anytime, Zach. Uh, anyway, after uh, Kiki finishes his delivery Kiki. service, Aang, <laughs> Aang, Aang goes uh, back to his home. Um, and yeah, they're like, okay, has anyone knocked on the door? And Katara's like, nah, it's been like one day. Like, it's not going to happen yet. But just then, they get a knock on the door. Aang gets all excited. But it is Judy, uh, the OG Judy. Yeah. OG Judy. Yeah. Oh, Judy. That, that works. That works. <laughs> oh, Judy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, he comes in and he's like, oh, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, then she explains that she went to Lake Laogai on a nice vacation. And this does sound very relaxing. Uh, you know, I would not mind going on a nice little lake house, you know, kick my feet up, maybe get like uh, one of those, what is it called? Like inflatable tube things. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the donut inflatable thing? Tube? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like okay. an inflatable sure. tube. Yeah. All right. I got the name. Boom. Off the dome. <laughs> anyway, sit on, sit on one of those and just like chill on the water. That sounds very relaxing. I hope Judy had a great time. Yeah, I want to go to Lake Laogai right now and escape this unbearable heat. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't mind even no, the brainwashing. Lake, not, yeah, not, oh, you don't mind the brainwashing. No, the brain, if, if, if I'm in a comfortable, cool location, I don't care if I'm brainwashed a little. Who cares? I'll worship the Dai Li in exchange to get out. It's so hot here, man. I can't even think straight. It's I've never, because Vancouver, it's usually like, we don't have heat like this. So I don't mean to go yeah. too off topic here, but it's. I mean, it's, it's Avatar Podcast. We need to talk about the weather. Yeah, this is on topic for our podcast, Zach. Well, yeah, Felipe, weather check. What's the weather like in Boston? Oh, sorry. 82 Uh, degrees. Wait, you docked me? Yes. (laughs) People know I live in Boston. Okay, Uh, thank goodness. 82 degrees Fahrenheit uh, at the moment, but I think it's going to get hotter. Um, As as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, dear God, what did I just do? I don't technically live in Boston. I'm not going to say what where I live. but Yeah, yeah I live uh, that's why I say area. Vancouver, too, because I don't technically live in Vancouver, so it's just an easy catch-all. Okay, well, thank goodness. Okay, I guess I can live uh, guilt-free still. But, yeah, so going to the lake. Oh, I, that's actually pretty good weather, though, Felipe. That's not yeah. too bad. Yeah. Sounds nice. Um, like, I think Zach would, would kill for 82 degrees. Fahrenheit. Zach, you're welcome to come hang out with me. I'm down. Once I get my second shot, yeah. I can leave my house. I'm down. Yeah. Rumor yeah. has it Jacob's going to come visit me at some point. Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. We can do a Scooby Snacks live show <laughs> for all zero people that would attend because we'll just do it. Like, uh, I, can, I can force my brother to come. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Perfect audience of one anyway so um we we see like uh so judy's like oh no you know like uh, i just went to lake lao guy and this is like one mistake that the daily has is like i don't get why you actually would say the real name of where you went like you could just be like oh i went to like the beach or something or i went to the mountains like i think the daily wants no, to get caught. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah no i think the daily wants to get caught like big brain i think the daily knew that like ruling the earth kingdom was boring and they just wanted to give up nah, no way it's like bored and he just wants like a little time and he wants to like outsmart the avatar and have that put that on his belt but yeah because like, they let him go to a printer they tell him the name of the lake like they're, they're helping him out so much yeah they they put push jet to like see appa will get there like to take him yeah. to appa so yeah, um, I did love the little anime style that they use in a lot of shows. Like Teen Titan stands out when Aang got angry. And he's like yeah. waving his hands. Yeah, Aang gets like Firebender red here, <laughs> and I do like like yeah the <laughs> anime style of like his head getting larger and red yeah. and like the everything popping out. So yeah, no, I, I like that anime style. Very classic Starfire move. Yeah. Uh, Rudy in the Discord said, I didn't know Aang's avatar powers involved turning into a tea kettle, which that <laughs> comment made me laugh so hard, uh, especially because we had tea in the last scene. It was like perfect. Um, yeah, so then, yeah, Aang does not like take the fact that they're not allowed to like distribute flyers well. Like he gets really mad. He gets like all upset and like slams the door. 
um, then Sokka's like, oh, we might get in trouble here. And as soon as Sokka's telling you you're getting in trouble, like you are, you're in for it. Like Sokka's usually the one who's like going to get you into trouble. He's not the one saying that stuff, like stuff's getting bad. Yeah. But Toph, she's excited and she's like, let's break some <laughs> rules. And then she breaks her wall. And I'm like, Toph, you, you said rules, not walls, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, break down the walls, break down those barriers. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and that, so like usually the earthbending houses are made out of earth. So like constructing them is super easy. Cause like all you need to do is earthbend, but these are made out of like fancy materials. You've got some like, I don't know, paper mache windows or whatever. You have like actual ornate roofs. She, she doesn't care. She just absolutely obliterates it. I mean, it's the worst city in the world. She's, she's ready to get out and if she gets kicked out. I don't think she cares. Yeah, that is true. She's not a huge fan of this. Uh, but as they're walking away, we see two Dai Li agents just standing there watching them. Uh, we then cut to Long Fang, who is scolding Judy for not being able to control Team Avatar. And I have to say, this Judy got the short end of the yeah. stick because most people are probably not that hard to control. But you have the Avatar himself and his group of friends. Like, yeah. To Poor be Judy. fair, Long Fang is like, these are children. How can you not control them? Like, but... I oh, go ahead, Zach. No, like to to respond to that, but they're like some of the most powerful yeah. children in the world, and I feel like any Judy would struggle here. I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt you, Felipe. No, it's all good. Also, point. children are probably more stubborn than like an adult who might be like, okay, whatever. Like, I feel like children are less like more impulsive. Yeah, but they're not even like naive children. Like maybe early season one, like you might be able to trick them. Yeah. But, like, now, like, they've seen some stuff. Like, they're not going to get tricked all of a sudden. Uh, so, like, I think, like, uh, if we were to make a metric, like, Judy above replacement, like, this Judy is not, like, she is, she's okay. She's not negative Judy over replacement. She's fine. Yeah. The I advanced a, metrics say she's fine. <laughs> I was a little confused by the timing because it felt like I didn't know if that was a flashback before she was sent, like, at first. So, it took me, a, I had to rewatch the scene effort. Uh, no. But it definitely... Lante is scary. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's like a pretty scary villain. Like he's like anyone who's like that much in control, like always behind the scenes is like pretty creepy. Plus we know he has this word that he can pop out and Judy just like totally goes into like a hypnotized state. He says, "The Earth King has invited you to Lake Laogai," and she just like snaps into it and she's out of it. Um yeah, and then she, I guess, goes back and gets trained again or something. I'm not really totally sure. Um, but then Long Fang is telling some Dai Li agents that they need to deal with this problem quietly. And one thing I notice is that the Dai Li has a bunch of green fire in their little little secret hut. Like, we've seen Azula with her blue fire. We see firebenders with regular fire. But the green fire is weird. Yeah. Looks like flu powder from Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah you think they a uh, little crossover of harry potter here yeah a little it could bit. be maybe it was a reference or yeah. was there green fire in x-men in x2 <laughs> was there yeah, yeah. green fire in x-men 2 oh. <laughs> um, i have no idea i don't i don't think so but maybe but it's a funnier joke let's say it's that's the explicit x-men 2 reference yes um, I think actually, like I have seen somewhere at one point, like I listened to the commentary of this episode and I'm pretty sure they talk about how like the green fire was used to like show the earth kingdom and it like was made from some like crystals or something, but that's not as fun. As, Maybe as one of the daily agents are, is a secret firebender. Oh, Ooh. Ooh, that would be, that'd be saucy. 
That's um, well, I wouldn't put it past a long thing to work with Firebenders. I mean, we'll see him attempt to work with Azula later. So that is true. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I actually, I think this theoretically could happen. Yeah, I like Felipe's head cannon here. It actually yeah. makes it plausible. Yeah. Um, we go back to Iroh and Zuko. They're sitting at their apartment. Uh, Zuko comes in and Iroh is like getting ready to move. He's excited. He's so psyched about this. And this is fun to see Iroh excited. You know, he's really putting himself into this new tea shop. I think Iroh has really let go of the idea that like, he's not a firebender like person anymore. Like he really is throwing himself in here. Yeah. Uh, but Zuko, not so much. Zuko's well, really hung up on, uh, the avatar knowing that he's in bossing say yeah iroh iroh's coming up with team names uh he his first suggestion is the jasmine dragon and to that i sent a cease and desist um <laughs> too close to the brazilian dragon yeah, for you, which really. i stole from abby maria so honestly <laughs> i'm a hypocrite but yeah <laughs> well uh you know i feel like you could share with uncle iroh if you're gonna share with anyone you gotta share with him you can get yeah. that cross branding uh Ooh. you know maybe he can together, make a yeah. tea inspired by the brazilian dragon podcast what would your tea taste like i don't know something brazil uh, yeah something <laughs> something brazilian yeah you you put the uh, what is hmm, get back to me on this question i'll think of it throughout the podcast okay. how do you guys like the name the jasmine dragon i mean as iroh says it's dramatic poetic yeah. i like nice it more than the tea it. wheel or whatever he came up with later tea weevil wheel what, what tea, was it again? i don't remember tea wheel tea weevil something yeah but. Yeah, huh. T Weevil was the name, which is like absolutely terrible. But Jasmine Dragon's not a bad name. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not too upset about that. Zach, do you know what your tea would taste like? Uh, I'd have like a chocolate flavored tea somehow, like a chocolate <laughs> okay. hazelnut tea. That's my thing. Like Nutella tea. Yeah, Nutella tea. Ooh, that that's that, delicious. That's kind of lots of Nutella tea. Even though is that tea or is that just hot chocolate after a point? <laughs> No, that is just hot chocolate. Like you've yeah. just reinvented hot chocolate. <laughs> exactly. There we yeah. go. Oh, it's like all of these like tech people who are like, oh, what if we had like, uh, like they recreate buses. Like they explain exactly what a bus is. And they're like, what if we had that exist? And it's like, it already exists. You just don't know about it. Like you just don't know <laughs> yeah. it. I thought of the same thing. I thought of my flavor, something guava flavored or mango flavored, something like tropical Brazil. Like, yes, like a nice fruit, a nice fruity tea. I like it. Yeah. Like the mangoes. Uh, Yeah. Whenever I go to get like boba, I always get like the fruit teas instead of like. What what would Jacob's be? Something uh, royalty? It would be royalty. (laughs) Um, Bow down. I said Jacob, not Grace. Oh, um, let's see. Uh, maybe salty. I don't know. It'd be a pun. Uh, my tea would be some sort of pun. I think salty. So it'd just be like a gross salt based tea, but it'd be funny. Cause crusty. Crusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crusty. It, would be a, it would be a crusty <laughs> salty tea. Crusty crab tea. Yep. Perfect. That, we're yeah. getting grosser and grosser. Um, Anyway, so yeah, Iroh's just like trying to get this tea shop nailed down. He wants to get the name, but Zuko just is barely talking to him. Um, and yeah, like Zuko is just very focused. He wants whatever he views as his destiny. He believes that it is capturing the Avatar. And now that he has this in front of him, he's giving up on any of the progress that he made. And he's just going to try to capture the Avatar. He's going back to his old ways. And it's kind of sad to see Zuko revert, you know, in the tales of Zuko. We, I thought we saw something new. I thought we saw, you know, something 
that might turn into something, you know, with Jen, I thought maybe we were going to get something, but no, uh, sadly he's just going yeah. back to his old ways. Yeah. And then Iroh has a I really like powerful, oh. Oh, Iroh has a I really powerful, I think we're going to say the same thing. So yeah, uh, okay, Iroh so has a powerful it, no, line here where he's like, I suggest you think about what it is you want for your life and why. And I thought that was such a good line from Iroh here. So powerful and meaningful. <laughs> Yeah, you know, sometimes yeah. I watch these episodes on Sunday morning and I have to self-reflect on my own life. And it's like, <laughs> I just wanted a podcast about a children's show, but now I'm sitting here thinking about my life. It's like big questions. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of the show is like, you can revisit it at a different time in your life and it will like have all these introspective and like really deep thought-provoking questions that you have to yeah. answer to. And also like, again, this is a children's show about like genocide and war. and Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely heavy. We did not choose to podcast about like, I don't know, fairly odd parents or something where like everything is just uh, silly all the time. That's, yeah. that's an allegory for uh, child endangerment. Was oh, it was fairly odd parents? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that one's a lot lighter though. We've had to talk yeah. about some like heavy stuff and uh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. But I, I really like this Iro moment because then we also see it later that uh, it comes back and Zuko's entire journey throughout the series is about his destiny and like the two sides, like this pull back and forth between what he does. And I, I felt like I didn't remember Zuko's journey being like this long, but it might be the mm-hmm. weekly format. Um, Cause even like deep into season three, he's still facing the struggles. It's not as like you, I thought I, in my memory, season three, like early by that point, he like decides, but no, it's like deep into season three where he finally teams up with Aang. Yeah, yeah, it's like a it's point. a turn right at the end of season three, and it feels so inevitable at this point that like it's going to happen, knowing like his final story. But even from here, like if you just look at the his character, it seems so impossible that he's going to get to that point. Yeah, he does have a face turn at the end of this episode, which we'll get to. Yeah. But then yeah. he reverts back to his <laughs> de- his quote unquote destiny. Yeah, he he has moments where he makes choices that like show where he'll end up, but he will also have moments where he makes other choices, like at the end of season two when he teams up with Azula. Yes, exactly, yep. exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. But before we get to there, we see the Avatar gang is walking around the city. They're putting up their posters, and poor Toph cannot just help the team. Uh, she's really sad that she doesn't think that Lei will like let her put up the posters by herself, and that she has to go with someone else. And uh, she immediately takes a like one of the posters, glues it face down uh, on the wall. Like instead of like being able to see the picture, it's like totally um, on the other side. And yeah. she then says, "It's upside down, isn't it?" Which is so <laughs> good thing no one told her it was both upside down and face down. But yeah, I don't understand why I couldn't just let her do the glue. Like they, she can glue, and then they can put the poster. Like teamwork makes the dream work. Come on, I think that's what they're gonna. She's gonna do with Sokka, though. She just okay. thought, that's why she has to go with Sokka. She can't go by herself. Yeah, that yeah, um, yeah. That that makes sense to me. Um, you know, have her do the glue, I guess. Uh, but then before we get too far into it, Katara then sees Jet. And I don't know, Zach, do you want to describe what happens? Because Katara just goes like full. Yeah, Katara goes nuclear. So Jet pops out while Katara's putting up posters. And Katara just goes into an infinite rage and attacks him right away. And Jet says he's here to help her find Appa. And then Toph is able to come in and glean that Jet is actually telling the truth. But Katara was like straight up ready to like kill Jet. She like shoots her ice 
part or her icicle like spears at him and has him pinned down to a wall in an alleyway. So yeah, Katara is very unhappy to see Jet. Yeah, definitely don't cross Katara here. Uh, very scary. Um, yeah, I, I would. I would not be. I would not be happy to see Katara like just absolutely like knock me on my ass after like do, being mean to her. Yeah, I would not want to cross or what arguably the most powerful waterbender to ever exist in the show. So, but I have yeah. questions. Um, okay. So Jet is brainwashed, but he has memories from previously. Well, I think he only has what is like advantageous for him to have. So like okay. he obviously still has to know like who team avatar is in order to like be an effective plant. Uh, so that's my guess is like, he knows what he needs to know essentially. Okay. Yeah. That was my biggest yeah. question is like, how does he remember all this stuff? Like that, like did, can they go into his mind and like block things out or like, do they block everything out or. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm not sure the extent of their brainwashing and how powerful it truly is. So I don't know if I have the best answer for that myself. Yeah, yeah. They don't really go too far into it, but you can imagine like he needs to know these things. And so without like, yeah, I don't know if, if you can't like, know how they do it you have to just give them the benefit of the doubt and say sure. like they gave him some memories but anyway uh Toph like shows here that she can just like tell the truth by like feeling the wall and get the heartbeat and breathing uh, and this is essentially going to be a cheat code this episode like this comes up so many times where Toph's just like oh this person's telling the truth no this person's telling the truth and like that is so valuable to have yeah, they yeah. need talk on the Maury show when it's like you are <laughs> when you are not the father or the lie detector <laughs> test determined. <laughs> All right, so so Ang is uh, like the USPS. Uh, Toph is like the you are not the father person. Um, <laughs> what, yeah, this is great. This is fantastic so far. We have Sokka. Sokka is like the artist extraordinaire. Uh, <laughs> oh, there like, we go. He like sits on the beach and does those like caricature drawings of people. And then what's Katara? The snow cone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she sets up a little snow cone shop all next to Iris Tea Shop, and they all live in harmony and bossing. Say, that's like that's like a very alternate universe that's where, this, yeah, where like uh, the season just becomes very boring. That's very funny. I, I appreciate that. The snow cone maker is perfect. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Davis Commonwell, he was also a snow coner. Uh, I don't was know. If he really? Snow cone artist. Yes snow cone maker wow talented yeah. man he makes snow cones creates avatar themed games what can this man not do that's true yeah wow I, i'm excited to have him on the podcast his legend can only grow from here <laughs> yes uh, so anyways we'll move on so jet yeah. leads them to a nearby warehouse where this like old senile like floor sweeper tells them that a rich royal from whale tail island bought Appa. Yeah, and this is, like, close to the South Pole. So, like, if they did go to Whaletail Island, they would literally have to go all the way back. Um, it's probably, like, be, a 10-day journey on Appa. Imagine how long it would take, like... Yeah, no, that you would, be, yeah. Like, yeah. you would be, like, out of it for a few weeks. And this almost works, because if they get him... Like, if they all get them to go to Whaletail Island, which is, like, the Dailies plan for sure then like you have the team avatar out of commission for weeks. Like this is where the Daily makes a good play is to try to get them to like go voyage for a few weeks. But then the fire nation is going to take over the Daily, Like, because I think at that point, then they literally put 
Team Avatar and well, Checkmate. Yeah, yeah, so. they, they don't know they're, they're going to get caught yet, but yeah, um, yeah. So so then like yeah, they're getting all upset. And one thing that came up is like, how did Toph not know this person was lying? Um, because like Toph is able to like read um, like read people's minds. Like I, I wanted to address this because it's pretty obvious. Like this old man doesn't actually know where these people went. Like I did that brainwashed, but like the old man who's like sweeping the floor may have gotten bad information and still believed it. Yeah. So, that's what I, that's what I assumed. I assumed the old man was just told these things and just believed it at face value. So that exactly. that's why Toph, Toph didn't think he was lying or anything like that. Yeah. We can't give Toph all the powers. Like we can't, make her op in this episode she needs some like there needs to be some obstacles well she's about to be extremely op because as the group's leaving smeller b and Longshot roll up and as they're coming Katara's like oh i thought you said you're like you didn't have your gang anymore and jet's like no i was peaceful smeller b's like no the Dai Li apprehended you and like one of them has to be lying but toff says no they're both telling the truth like they like their stories are mutually exclusive but like uh you know they're they both think that they're telling the truth so she's right here like already you know disproving it and Sokka Sokka's like on top of his game right here he may not be able to draw but this man can logically deduce with the best of him Uh, I think he has a degree as advanced as Davis comma wills because he's immediately like oh no the reason why they both think that they're telling the truth is because Jet's been brainwashed yeah, and at this point, do they hear the word lake or something? Like they no, no, that, no, that's like that's, that's just okay. that's like almost in a bit. But yeah, but how, like how is Sokka able to deduce that Jed is brainwashed? Though how yeah, does how, he know brainwashing even exists in the Avatar world? And how does he not know? How does he not think it might be Smeller B and Longshot who are brain brainwashed? Like brain shot? Is that what you're about to say? <laughs> no, they're brain shot. <laughs> no, but. You did skip over a great moment, though, when Toph, when Toph is like, Katara, is this your ex-boyfriend? And she's like, no. And then Toph is like, you're lying. (laughs) That is true. I did forget about that. Okay, but that one is actually controversial. Because, like, yeah, they, like, cuddled up next to each other. But did did they DTR? Like, was she lying? She definitely had feelings. I don't think she, like, maybe she wasn't lying. But, like, I've had feelings for people, but that doesn't mean that we were dating. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think they were technically dating, but were they like attracted to each maybe, other? Maybe, maybe the line point? should have yes. been like, "Did did you have? Is this man like? Are you hung up did on you, this man or something? <laughs> did you used to have a crush on him or something? Yeah, yes. But yes, they did not exactly. DTR. I will defend Katara. She did not lie. Yeah, agreed. But I did. I did like the moment. Yeah, no, that is true. Thank thank you for not letting me skip skip by that one. Um, but yeah, so then, yeah, it is pretty insane that Sokka's just like, oh, clearly it's brainwashing. Cause like, yeah, I don't know how that would have happened. This is also as crazy of a jump as when like they're in the first episode of Avatar where they're like, oh, you've been, uh, like you've been, um, gone for a hundred years. And I was like, what? Like, how would you make that jump? Like, I would never guess that in a million years, but I guess Sokka's just on top of it and gets lucky here, guessing brainwashing and being correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then, like, they are realizing, you know, that something's going wrong and that the, this is all part of the Dai Li's plan to get rid of Team Avatar quietly. Um, then next, we cut to a Dai Li agent walking along the street when Zuko, in disguise as the Blue Spirit, runs up and hits him. Move over, uh, skinny. 
<laughs> yeah, out of my way, Skitty. That's kind of rude from Zuko, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't need to body shame him. I mean, you can just say like, you know, move over, pig. Move over, like. Uh, yeah, I thought we don't need to. Well, body sh- uh, body shame him if you're calling him a pig. Well, I guess because he's, he's a, a cop. police officer. Yeah, oh. He's a cop. Yeah. oh yeah, I never realized that the Dai Li were <laughs> police officers at this time, but that makes sense. That went uh, over my head. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, how could someone both be like move over skinny and move over pig? <laughs> I, I feel like those are mutually exclusive. Toph would know one of them is a lie. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then Zuko like has a pretty masterful plan here. This is another time where we like see a scheme from Zuko, just like when they stole all that food from the captain. Uh, but we don't see any of the planning or like any of the stuff. We just see the execution. And it is pretty cool to see. So he like leads the Dai Li agent down a street. The Dai Li agent then sees like someone that looks like the blue spirit ends up being a scarecrow. But then the Dai Li agent throws both of his hands at him and uh, like knocks the head off the decoy, like totally kills him. Yeah. He would have murdered him. You're absolutely right. Good point, Jacob. (laughs) Yeah. Like this would have been like some HBO type show. Like uh, I know we talked about this before in the past Zach, but like if this was an HBO show, like this would happen regularly. Um, yes, but exactly. instead, Zuko then sneaks up behind him and captures the Dai Li agent. And I have to say, this is very impressive. Yeah. He, he's like, if you don't want to end up like that guy, come with me and tell me like your secrets or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I want to know where he stashed the scare- scarecrow before he ran into like, where did he keep him <laughs> next to some hay bale? <laughs> so. Yeah, I I don't know. This was actually one of Chris's questions was how long did it take to plan this? Like how long in advance do you think Zuko had this idea like set up the scarecrow, sneak behind him? Yeah. Who knows? How long how long do you think? Are we talking um, minutes, hours? The only thing I could think of is maybe he had the scarecrow like in his hand when he was running, but he didn't. Like we w- I paused it a few times and checked. He must uh, have yeah. planned it in like the morning of that day or something. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I, I thought that was pretty funny. Like he had to have planned this like hours in advance, like this exact thing. He had to wait for the Dai Li agent to be walking down this path and then bump into him, get him to go down that alleyway. Like this is some like 5D chess that they're playing. Like even Davis comma Will would have struggle <laughs> being able to comprehend this uh, this plan. Maybe. Um, but you, <laughs> maybe, you might be maybe, sleeping maybe on Will talents. Yeah, I was just about to say you might be sleeping on old Will's intelligence. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, anyway, we get back. He's a very to, wise man. He has a mustache. So obviously he's wise. Is there a correlation between mustache and being wise? I got a mustache and I would say I'm not that wise. So I don't know. <laughs> um, all right. No, I, I would say. So we have one example of proof and one of disproof, I guess. Uh, <laughs> good to know. Um, we get back to the group. The group is interrogating Jet. And this has to be very intimidating. Like, let me just put this out here. If I'm ever brainwashed, like, please find a way that's less confrontational than this to try to tell me I'm brainwashed. Like, this has to be so scary from Jet's perspective. Yeah, this was like an intervention almost, like everyone surrounding it. What were you guys say, Felipe? I think if Jacob was ever brainwashed, we have so much archival, like, audio uh, examples <laughs> for him to, like, listen and understand who he is. And maybe one of those might jog his memory. That's yeah, true. just listen to one of the Brazilian Dragon podcast yeah, episodes about Scooby Doo. Yeah, Jacob can be like, "Oh wait, I do have four baby teeth still." Maybe <laughs> oh I am Jacob. 
<laughs> I would like, like do you I know would this? Feel them in my mouth, and I'd be like, "Oh, I have them still." Yeah, Zach, exactly. are you aware of this? No, I did not know Jacob still had four baby teeth. That's news to he, me. He lost his first baby tooth at age twelve, was it? Uh, yeah, I think it was like right before he turned thirteen. <laughs> I, I lost was, all like, my soccer. baby teeth before like age thirteen. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I was like soccer years old when I lost my first baby tooth. <laughs> Um, no, yeah. So I, I've told the story before, but I was so excited when I lost my first tooth that I like ran into my classroom. And you know how like I don't know if you had this, but like in kindergarten or in first grade, like everyone had things that were like, oh, like Johnny's lost two baby teeth and Susie's lost four of her teeth. Like, did you ever have that, Zach? No, yeah, I think they he used the really... exact same names when he told this story to me. <laughs> They're just generic, like kid names. Those are the most generic child names. No, I never yeah. really. They never really cared. I went to a religious school when I was younger. Okay. They didn't care about teeth, sadly. <laughs> That's very fair. It's a weird thing to care about. But anyway, so so there was like this chart that would have how many teeth, and my name was always at the bottom. It said Jacob's lost zero baby teeth or whatever. Like it had like me at the very bottom. So I ran into my classroom. I was so excited. I ran into Mr. Towner's classroom. And I was like, I did it. I lost my first tooth. Can you put me on the board? He's like, we don't do that anymore. Like you're not in kindergarten. And I was, I was crushed. Like <laughs> seriously, that man ruined my life or ruined my yeah. week at least. Damn. Um, I mean, yeah. we don't like him on this podcast. No. So there you go. That's one of uh, Felipe's favorite things. Yeah, to if bring up is if you're ever on big brother and they do the enemies twist, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> He would be so old at this point. Oh my god! Anyway, Jerry who? Uh, what? Jerry oh, who? Jerry. <laughs> okay, let's get back to avatars. I don't want to talk about my teeth anymore. So they're they're confronting Jet. They're trying to get him to realize that like Jet was brainwashed, uh, and Katara is able to like use her healing and her I guess empathy, talking about like what do the Fire Nation do to be able to jog his memory. He remembers yeah. that like the fire nation did take away his home. And we one thing I noticed that, right. This was like new footage. No, this is, this is new footage. And one thing that was very cool that I noticed is that it was one of the rough writers or sorry, rough rhinos that was, that burned down his house. Like it's that same guy that attacked Iroh a few episodes back. And I was like, Oh, that's very cool that we like know who did this. He looks um, like the front yeah. man of a punk rock band. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, he's the front man of the Rough Rhinos, and they allegedly yeah. sing. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a yeah. bad. I don't know why, Flay. Maybe that really tickled me when you said that. Um, <laughs> anyway, so now he he realizes that he did go somewhere. Jet's like, oh yeah, I went to some lake. Sokka again coming in clutch with this information is like, oh yeah, it's Lake Laogai where Judy said that she went. Uh, and then there you go. They know. Okay, Lake Laogai is where we got to go. And I like the animation, like they like had the lake and then like the, it becomes bricks and like it falls through like the, the way they like de-brainwash Jet. Um, was Katara using her spirit water for this or was she just using regular healing water? <laughs> I don't, don't know. know. I, I, yeah. I'm not 100% sure either. I had that. I, 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 I was wondering that as well. Is she using her? I have it in my notes. She was using the water from the North Pole, but I'm actually not 100% sure. Yeah. Because so, she can heal with any water, right? But the yes. spirit water is extra. Yeah. So, yes, so she, she, can, she can heal with any water, but it's not actually clear to me. So in a few episodes, like I think we'll get here, but like she almost uses her water to heal someone Zuko. else. Yeah, she almost uses it to heal Zuko. And then like she ends up healing Aang. And it, it was never clear to me if this is like 
a one shot power where like the special waters only special once, or if she could always use it because but if she's she running always, low, right? Yeah. But, but like, why can't you reuse water? Like, yeah, it's like, like, yeah, I don't know. I, this was always confusing to me. I think we're going to have, I'll like try to do some research before we get to the episode. Yeah. I'm gonna I'll, say I'll do some research water. as well. Yeah. Anyway, my, my guess is regular water. Uh, but then, so they, they go, they get to this lake, uh, they're standing there and they're like, well, I don't see an underwater uh, tunnel, but then cheat code Toph is like, boom, here it is. Earth bending superpowers. Here's the tunnel. And I have to Secret say, we don't tunnel. do MVPs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, we don't do MVPs or LVPs on this episode, but Toph cements herself as the MVP for yeah, sure. Toph, Toph puts the team on her back. And not only that, it's like, even in the fight, it's a lot of earth bending and it's a lot of Toph yeah. taking out like five Dylee ages on her own pretty much. So <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Even in the yeah. fight we're about to get to, she's yeah. Yeah. So that Toph it. is definitely the MVP of this episode. That's facts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then they find a secret tunnel and they get to go into Lake Lao guy. Uh, and they see the Judy brainwashing, right? Yes. Yeah, they Felipe. walk by a bunch of Judy's being indoctrinated slash brainwashed. Felipe, talk me through this. Like, did you have nightmares after you watched this? Like, are you it doing was, okay? I, I was doing okay. Uh, this is not the scariest Avatar episode to me. Um, that is the puppet master. But uh, yeah, no, this is, this was creepy, especially because they all look alike. Like and do you think they're all they they like have to call them the Judys right they 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 yeah. don't come in and like oh I'm Judy I'm also Judy they don't like secretly kidnap the Judys right oh no no they they like I'm sure their names are like Johnny and Susie just like those kids <laughs> in my class losing their teeth but as soon as they get there hello your name is Judy and they say yes it is thank you for inviting me to like Loud Guy sir. What did um, Judy mean again, Jacob? You found it the meant like it meant local, uh, like local, local okay, guy. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So Should we like, talk about what just... Lao guy means at this point too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's Lao yeah. guy mean? Lao guy means in China a system of labor camps, many of whose inmates are political dissidents, and then in Chinese the like translation is reformed through labor. Reformed yeah. through labor. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So, um, so I, I did know that Lake Lao Gai is something that almost existed in China. So like China obviously, um, like has a lot of influence on the earth kingdom. And here, like we see that Lake Lao Gai is an actual thing. Uh, like it, it's pretty messed up actually, when you like read about this, like they have these prisons for like re-education camps and like these camps happened in 1994, but there are like millions of Uyghurs that are like in China right now getting re-educated, re-educated quote unquote, like being trapped in these camps. And like, this is a TV show where we just like see people do this, but like this is happening in real life where like people are like trying to get brainwashed by the Chinese government. And that's just like, that's, that's messed up. Sorry yeah. to probably get too political in this. No, podcast, no, it's okay. But. It's okay. Even in Canada, in Canada, we have this whole thing with residential schools where Native American or Native Canadian children were re-educated at these schools and taught to be Christian, and then a lot of them were killed and like raped at these schools. Then the last one of these schools closed down in 1996. So it's a it's it's messed up how this stuff is happening in real life. It's not just relative to this fictional avatar children's TV show. This stuff is real. Like stuff and actually it, like this happens. And it's not even like it doesn't happen today. Like there are like, there are millions of Uyghur Muslims in like Chinese re-education camps right now. Like, Oh my God. 
anyway. That, yeah. that makes me want to stop this podcast and go like fight someone. I don't know what it would do. Like, they would <laughs> yeah, me, I don't know it makes me very upset. Um, anyway, it is very cool to know that like this show is taking influence from things that actually happened, and that's like it's very cool. To see. Yeah, yeah, and still yeah. are happening, and like it, it is not afraid to shy away from like I don't know. It, yeah, I don't things that are happening in the world. I don't, I don't, I wasn't like observant like this when I was a kid, but did either of you like start asking questions to like people in your lives about like things like, were you like asking questions about war when you watched the show or did you just consume it like a child and not really think of the big picture? Like- I, I was a little older when I watched it. So, but I kind of just consumed it and didn't okay. ask too many questions myself. But I, I did watch it when I was like 14, 15. So I was able to like understand like, oh, this is actually a heavier show because yeah. I watched it when I was like a teen, not necessarily. Yeah. All this went over my head when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, I, I had no idea like about any of this. Uh, I had no clue that Avatar was making like political statements that were super strong. Like this is the type of stuff that, that the NBA would be scared to say even right now. But like Avatar <laughs> yeah. was saying this stuff and spitting facts. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. No, I, I, it totally blew by me when I was younger, but now watching it and like being someone who consumes news and like tries to stay up to date. It's like, it's very crazy to like see this in a children's TV show. Yeah. Yep. Um, anyway, so we, we get there. Um, we're now seeing all these like people get reeducated. Uh, we then see that we get to like, or Jet's like going to lead them to a place where they think Op is going to be. Then we see a door open, but instead of the group, it's actually the blue spirit. Uh, this was a great little fake out. Yeah, I love I love the animation trick that they use here, where you uh, see you see Jet about to open a door, then the door opens, and then it's revealed that Zuko's the one who has found Appa. So yeah, like like Felipe was saying with the animation tricks earlier, they do a great job with the animation here. Yeah, um, yeah, and then uh, so then like the the gang keeps going. They are uh, confronted by like a ton of Daili agents. We have Long Fang ready to attack them. They're in this like huge cell. It's like super tall, actually. Uh, it's kind of like a parapet of a castle where it just goes up for a long time in a big circular cell. Uh, and then we see this battle, and this battle is pretty cool because we have the Daili agents who are using their like um, I don't know what they're called, like the little. The like rock hands, the rock hands, rock hands. Yeah, yeah what else? I, I know it's it's tough to find out with a term for them, but yeah, I know exactly what like, you mean. They just like don't exist in real life, so to call them mittens <laughs> just seems so dumb. But that was or wait, gloves. Which one has the fingers? Rock, rock gloves, gloves. gloves. Mitt, mitt, yeah. Mittens are like like just the hand and the thumb. Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah. This this is why you come to Avatars for the facts on mittens versus gloves. Have you ever <laughs> played Jackbox games? That- yeah, I played Jackbox. So, so one of them is like a it's like a guesstimation game where like you set the percent of something and then like everyone says higher or lower. So I was playing that last night, and one of the things that came up was uh, like, does someone own more mittens or gloves? What do you think the percent of people who own more mittens than gloves is? The own more mittens than gloves? Zero, because I think more people own gloves. You mean zero percent? Well, I don't know. I, and this is a I weird mean, question. So more the question is more people own mittens than gloves. Is that what you're saying? What what percent of people own more mittens than gloves? I'll say you're you're not too far off of zero, but like there has to okay, be. Okay, I'll say like ten I'll say like ten percent. 
Zach, you are almost spot on. It was 9%. Oh, I, so close. The, the person, well, that would have gotten you a ton of points. The person that set this set like 60%. And I was like, 60% with mittens? I've never, like, no way. That was like the easiest one to say lower on. Um, anyway, so these rock gloves. Uh, and this is a cool fight because they're like, they're sending the rock gloves at the different people. Um, and like Toph is essentially coming in clutch every time and like stopping them from getting taken away. So like at one point, Katara and Sokka are being pulled by the Dai Li agents and they just go ahead and put up a little rock wall to stop them, uh, which I thought was very inventive. What was your favorite part from this fight? Yeah, there was a lot. I just love how Toph is able to like explode these rock gloves in like midair. I just thought that was so cool. She does it a couple of times where she's able to just like make them disintegrate in midair. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, that is cool. And it makes a lot of sense because she's like an earthbender able to do this. The other thing that was cool is that Longshot, uh, there's one that's being like sent to him and Longshot shoots it out of the air with an arrow. Yeah. That's so accurate. Like, Man, that was I mean, Longshot could have joined the UEN Archers if he wanted to <laughs> to defect to the Fire Nation. Defect to the Fire Nation, exactly. I would hope exactly. he wouldn't do it, but yeah. So then, th- this fight was very cool. Uh, I was a big fan of of this. Um, but then, uh, like, they're all uh, you know trying to escape. Long Fang gets away, so Ang and Jet follow on along after them. Long Fang is trying to get Ang to just give in, capitulate, and not like stir any trouble. But he refuses, and now uh, Long Fang pulls out the sleeper cell. Says uh, he invites Jet to La- Lake Lao Guy. Lake Lao Guy looks just like Judy did. His pupils get really big, and he starts to attack Ang. Uh, yeah. This was like kind of expected for me. I think that like he was going to be a plant, but it was very cool to see this whole plan come together. I really appreciated seeing Long Fang be like, "All right." I tried to bargain with the Avatar, but now let's just try to have Jet kill him. Um, so I thought that was cool. Felipe, what, what were your thoughts on that um, on that sequence? On which sequence? On the like, sequence um, of Long, Long Fang uh, taking over. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that later. Um, uh, I think Felipe is uh, dealing with some some people on his uh, side dealing with life. some real life stuff, which is absolutely fine. No, no issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so we we go back to Zuko. Zuko is uh, in Appa's cell, uh, and he's talking to like Appa. He's like ready to take him away, and this is when Iroh rolls up. Iroh shows up, and he's ready to uh, like confront Zuko. And here we have a pretty powerful scene between Iroh and Zuko here. Yeah, and I, I I wanted to I I clipped this, but I don't know. Do you want do you want? Should we try to play it for the? Yeah, for the let's listeners? let's play it. Okay, all good. Here, let's share. Let's share the screen. Yeah, because I think that this is something that like we can't do justice to. Obviously, like we can yeah. say the words, yeah, but like, exactly. the voice acting, especially season two, Iroh, uh, before Mako's like uh, sadly not around anymore. Um, it's just so good that I think that we would not be able to do it justice. So yeah, if you can pull it up, Zach, I think it'd be worthwhile uh, getting to hear it. Yeah, Iroh gives this amazing speech, basically illustrating how Zuko's hastiness ultimately hurts him in the end. So I'll play it right now and we'll all listen to it. Uncle? So, the blue spirit. I wonder who could be behind that mask. (sighs) What are you doing here? I was just about to ask you the same thing. 
What do you plan to do now that you've found the Avatar's bison? Keep it locked in our new apartment? Should I go put on a pot of tea for him? First I have to get it out of here. And then what? You never think these things through. This is exactly what happened when you captured the Avatar at the North Pole. You had him, and then you had nowhere to go. I would have figured something out. No! If his friends hadn't found you, you would have frozen to death. <sighs> I know my own destiny, Uncle. Is it your own destiny? Or is it a destiny someone else has tried to force on you? Stop it, Uncle. I have to do this. I'm begging you, Prince Zuko. It's time for you to look inward and begin asking yourself the big questions. Who are you? And what do you want? Yeah, this this speech honestly gave me goosebumps in the moment. Yeah, I, it's pretty crazy uh, because Iroh starts so silly. Like he's like, "Oh, like you want to keep him in our apartment? So Should I, I put on a pot of tea for yeah. him?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. But then, like, uh, like he uses that like joke to lead into the main complaint he has with Zuko, which is, "You don't think what happens next?" Like it's like that dog that like chases after someone. And like the dog will like chase after the bike. But once the dog gets to you, it's like, what does the dog do? Like Zuko is that dog who's chasing the avatar. He doesn't know what he wants after that. And Iroh's speech here to Zuko really just, I guess, shows how much of that dog Zuko has been. Like he's chasing after something that he doesn't even know what he's going to do with when he catches it. Yeah, 100%. You encapsulated that well. And the thing is, he just, yeah, he's just not thinking these things through. And that's what Iroh says verbatim pretty much. And that's exactly the issue with Zuko. He just doesn't plan out what's next for him. What's he going to do with Appa? Was he going to kill Appa? He's going to keep Appa? <laughs> like, well, what's, the, what's the point of finding Appa here? It makes no sense. He's going to use it to lure Aang out. They're going to keep it in their apartment. There's no through line. There's no plan here. So... Shout out, shout out Iroh for reaming out Zuko here and correctly giving him grief. Yeah, no, that, that is for sure true. I think that uh, like when he's asked, who are you and what do you want? Those questions are good to ask. Like even now, like just like thinking like, I, I don't know, like do some self meditation. You know, we, we can give like five seconds or something to like think about these questions. I think it's important. Like it's yeah. cool to see that like. You know, you have to confront these things and, and understand them. Also, to maybe go a little bit off topic, have you ever seen the Kazoo Kid? Yeah, of course. I know the Kazoo Kid. Felipe, <laughs> you've never seen the Kazoo Kid? Let me Google the Kazoo Kid. Maybe I have. You've okay. probably seen him before. It, I don't know if he's like, made a resurgence on TikTok or anything, but he was popular, <laughs> he was popular he like four or five years ago. Um, but in one of the things... I've seen the like, trap returns for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. I love a good trap remix. remix. Um, anyway, he turns to the camera and he says, who are you? And, <laughs> and that made me uh, think of that hearing this speech again. <laughs> uh, did you have any comments on Iroh's speech to Zuko here when he confronts him uh, in Appa's quarters? I just love Iroh um, and everything he says here. And I feel like Iroh, at this point, like Zach mentioned earlier, he's completely gone from Fire Nation identity. He's like, forget mm-hmm. you. I am creating my own path. And he knows what's best for Zuko is to do the same. But yeah. Zuko isn't listening to that. And he's so torn. Um, so I just love 
that. And I love the intensity. And it's like, Ira finally snaps at Zuko and he's like, listen, like, I know what's best for you. Listen to me. Yeah. Because other times, like at the end of season one, he gives some advice to Zuko, but even though he may not agree with his actions, he does kind of like, you know, help him do it. He doesn't like, he assists him. He gets him on the ship uh, so that he's able to be there in the North pole here. Like he lays down his foot. He says like, no, like this is not it. And I think it's kind of been true for a while. Like Iroh has not had this firebender identity for a long time. I think the only thing that's really connected him is his love for Zuko. Uh, He probably lost his fire nation identity when he lost his son. That's probably was the breaking point. And everything up till now has been, trying to push Zuko out of that identity, he realizes how ingrained it is. Uh, Like when Zuko says the line, um, he says like, uh, I know my own destiny, uncle. And Iroh responds with, is it your own destiny or a destiny someone else has tried to force on you? Um, Yeah, that that really is like Iroh understanding the bigger picture, understanding that, you know, Zuko is so ingrained with his Fire Nation identity, but that identity has betrayed him and has turned its back on him for so long. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I don't know if you talked about this, but I did love the cut where it's like, oh, I think we found it. And then it cuts to Zuko opening the door to Opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mentioned yeah, that. Okay. It, that. It's a great, I was I was talking about how you were talking about the animation tricks from earlier. And yeah, yeah. that's another really good animation trick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next, we get uh, someone else trying to plead uh, with someone to snap out of their identity. Aang is fighting Jet, trying, trying to get him to stop fighting him. Uh, Jet's like, you know, swinging and Aang keeps using these like dodging techniques, full airbender right here, just trying to knock him back and evade. And Aang is really trying to get him to snap out of it. And the thing that gets him to snap out of it is he says, you're a freedom fighter. And I think that's interesting because Zuko doesn't really have an identity right now. Uh, And a few episodes ago, Zuko and Jet were contrasted. Zuko right now doesn't have an identity. He doesn't really understand what he is. Like he thinks he wants to be a firebender. He thinks he's like a fire nation prince, but that's turned his back on him. Meanwhile, jet is like attacking, uh, like someone who's in his corner and it's linking him back to his old identity that gets him to snap out of it and understanding his place, uh, brings back all of his memories and he sees, I guess his past life. I think this was a really cool contrast. They did. Yeah, that damn Jacob, that's some like Maggie Morgan level of analysis <laughs> there. So, <laughs> yeah, <good job. laughs> I may not have the fun facts, but you know, Maggie Morgan, uh, you know, I took some, I took some notes from her uh, analyzing this script, and I think, uh, yeah, thanks, Zach. No problem, no problem. Because you're, because you're, what you're saying is true, and, and like uh, the juxtaposition between Jet and Zuko from a couple of episodes prior is bearing fruit here. Mm-hmm. No, that, that is very true. Um, but then as soon as he says those words, freedom fighter, uh, Jet like snaps out of it. He gets all of his memories back. He knows what he's got to do. He swings. His... Exciting. Oh, yeah, we did. Zach, were you excited to see Pipsqueak? Yeah, I was excited to see <laughs> Pipsqueak and his voice and, and do the impression again. Where has Pipsqueak been all this time? That's true. Poor Pipsqueak. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, the pipsqueak sighting is very short-lived, almost like Jet uh, going Aww. against Tai Lee, because <laughs> as soon as he lunges at Long Fang, Long Fang just hits him with a rock right to the jaw, and jeez. Uh, yeah, I think he's got a few collapsed lungs, a few broken ribs. Like, this man is down for the count. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, 
this is just we get we just witnessed somebody get fatally struck down in a children's show. This My man is dead. murdered a child. Yeah, a child just got murdered in front of us. Yes, they literally showed Jet just like absolutely die in front of everyone. It's pretty brutal. Jacob, did you cry the first time you watched this episode? I so I have to say, I did not cry the first time I watched it. But today when I was watching it, I teared up. And the and here's what got me. So everyone comes in, all Versus of Team commentary? Avatar. No, <laughs> <laughs> all of Team Avatar comes in. Um, and Katara is trying to heal him. Um, and like Katara is like, no, we're not going to leave you. And it's Longshot saying, there's no time. We'll take care of him. He's our leader. And like Longshot speaking up was important, but also just like that sort of gathering around your leader. And then uh, Toph, like as they're walking away saying like, because well, Jet uh, says he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Jet, Jet says, I'll be fine. And Toph says he's lying. Like all of that together was just too much for me. Uh, I, I was tearing up a little bit. Zach, did this get any waterworks from you? Didn't get any waterworks, but it was very, emo- it was very emotional. Honestly, I, I was not on the verge of tears, but very few things make me tear up. In fact, I don't think I've ever cried watching a film ever. Ever? The close- ever? Yeah, the- no, never. The closest I was was the Green Mile, the Stephen King novel turned movie. That was a. Closest- Have you ever seen My Girl? My girl, uh, no, I'm not the most cultural when it comes to movies, though. That's another thing. I haven't actually seen that many okay. tear jerkers. Go, go watch My Girl. If you don't cry, I may not be able to record with you next week. That movie <laughs> is so sad. I'm a, a pretty yeah, hard. I'm an emotional person. Like I, I cried at Luca. <laughs> I cried and then like someone came to get their mask when I was at work and then I was like sir I'm not presentable please don't come right now <laughs> Felipe have you seen my girl I have not no okay watch it and cry it's so good no why are you movie. trying to hurt me no it's a good movie okay okay well okay, Actually, I'll, um, I'll watch it and try so, to get back to you Zach said this that this moment was very emotional. I just wanted to ask, do you think Whitney Houston wrote so emotional about this moment in Avatar? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Whitney yeah. Houston time-traveled, watched Avatar, then went back and wrote that song. <laughs> exactly. I was about to like try to find when that when that song was written to know like if like how many years the, the time travel would have to happen, but um yeah. Uh so yeah, this this is a very sad moment. Um, and so then so they, they walk- dead, dead. Like I know in yeah, season three, he's dead. Like, okay. he's dead. He's I know because like, people, people like in season three, they don't, they don't confirm that he's dead, but well, they make the joke in the Ember Island players where Zuko's like, so did jet just die? And Sokka's like, uh, yeah, kinda. And this was confirmed. There's like a comic book. Ooh, mm, mm, okay. Minor spoilers. Okay. There's a comic book series called the promise, uh, where they show up like all of the freedom fighters and they are sans Jet. So Jet is definitely down for the count. Yeah. I hope he got a proper burial. And I didn't die did. in Lake Lao Guy. No, I mean, yeah. He, definitely. Smellerby and Longshot uh, definitely like got him back to the rest of the freedom. Maybe he, I'm he, sure he, that Pip Squeak got to say his respects. Yeah. Uh, Zach, can we hear a live looking at the funeral <laughs> speech that Pip Squeak gave to, to Jet? Jet? Jet was our leader. He was a great man, and to see him die at such a young age is too much for even a large man like myself to handle. <laughs> I give it a 9 out of 10. If you had replaced the words large man with portly chap, I think it would have been 10 out of 10. 
Oh, perfect. Oh, man, Zach, thank you. Uh, no problem. Wow. The, the improv skills uh, bring in tears to my eyes. Seasonality, too. Anyway, so Team Avatar uh, leaves Jet. Jet uh, is now just going to gonna you know go off into the spirit world um and ang shows up uh and, and yeah they're all out there and we see a bunch of Dai Li agents all make their approach well, no, so they go to the cell first the oppa cell oh yeah yeah, that's and true, yeah they're like he's gone and then sokka's like if if we run fast enough we can still catch him that's true uh your notes are better than mine thank you Felipe. <laughs> um so yeah they, they go outside uh they then run into a bunch of daily agents. It's like 15 or 16 agents. They make a wall all around them with a bunch of earth, uh, which like would be pretty intimidating, except that they do have Toph, who's like the best earthbender. So I think they could have made their way out of it. And Aang uh, if they, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. It, it was a little silly. Um, but they don't even need to because Momo flies right into the sun. And as uh, like we see Momo or what we think to be Momo flying back down, we actually see it was Momo reuni- uh, reuniting with Appa because Appa flies through the sun. Appa is a battering ram. This guy has the strongest head I've ever seen. Because yeah, I was thinking the exact walls. same. I was thinking the exact same thing you're saying, Jacob. It's like this. These walls were like six feet thick, and Appa's just able to ram through both of them. <laughs> I mean, it's the power oh, of love. Yeah. He's he, he's close to Aang. He's like, I need to get back to my guy. <laughs> True. Iroh's secret ingredient is Tia's love. And uh, yeah, these guys must have the power of love because holy heck, how was he <laughs> able to <laughs> how was he able to destroy these walls? I understand if Toph was able to earthbend them away, but for Appa to just, yeah, his head must be made out of like steel. Yeah. I think Appa's just motivated. Appa's just ready. He's not gotten to fight for a long time. Yeah. He's just ready to take some people out. He's like, I'll take a concussion to get get my get my uh, <laughs> fight in. He's, He's gonna have to go on different. the injury reserve list uh, after this ten <laughs> day concussion protocols. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Anyway, so then everyone on Team Avatar is stoked to see him. Uh, then they like totally destroy them. Aang and Toph use earthbending to knock all of the agents who are on the cliff into the lake. And Long Fang is like, I'll take you myself. Uh, but then Appa is like, nah, I'm not about this. Grabs his leg, bites him on the leg, spits him out in, into the lake, and then takes his shoe and just spits it on the ground. That's ultimate disrespect. Yeah, Appa was able to one-shot Long Feng here. It took him more effort to beat the porcupine than it did to beat Long Feng. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, uh, and that, that bite mark is going to come back in a few episodes. It will. So he, uh, yeah, he, he yeets Long Feng into the water. <laughs> yes, a very important bite mark here. Um, but yeah, so then they're all so excited. They all cheer and run towards Appa. They're all so excited to see each other. And this reunion was very sweet. I was yeah. very excited to see it. Aang's um, crying. But, but then, yes, he is. Uh, but then something equally as sweet is that Iroh tells Zuko that he did the right thing, and he gets him to leave the blue spirit mask behind. And this is the last we see of the blue spirit. Zuko no longer needs to hide behind that mask, and a lot of his rebellious acts will come out into the daylight. So a very cool character moment here for Zuko. Yes. And it just yeah. floats down to the bottom of the lake. Um, yeah. Is that the last shot, or is it then they, we go back to Appa and squad? No, that's no, the I'm last shot. I'm pretty sure that's the last shot. 
For once, we don't get, like, a depressing final shot of the episode. We actually get, like, a lighter-hearted moment, so... Yeah. Exactly, yeah, finally. But there you go. That is Lake Lao Guy. A great episode. Uh, Very fun to recap here with you all both. Uh, Any thoughts before we get into the episode rankings? Maybe we we can just... I'm debating if I... I'm I'm debating like do I want do I wish they like went to one shot of like Team Avatar with Appa because I feel like that's so important like they're finally reunited with Appa but either way like we basically got that right before Zuko so it's fine yeah yeah I think we could have gotten both right like we could have had uh, Zuko look at Team Avatar flying away he throw the blue spirit mask and then we like pan with them to see them fly off I, I think we could have yeah. done something better but there you go that that is the episode for us I agree that last shot you know. I, yeah, I'm just happy to not have anything bad. I'm just happy to not have any <laughs> evil in the last shot of the of the show. Um, but yeah, that's like Loud Guy. Um, let's get into our episode rankings. Does that sound fine? Yeah, I'm down. Let's Great. do it up. So every every week we rank the episodes between zero and four cabbages. We take my score, Zach's score, the guest score, and the listener score, average them, average them all up to get the official end in their score between zero and four cabbages. As always, you can write in avatar at poshorecaps.com to give your score. Uh, Felipe, as a guest, you want to start us off? No, but I'll do it. I can go, Felipe. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank okay. you for your honesty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, Zach, take us away. Yeah, I'll, I'll give this episode a 3.8 out of 4. Some of the episodes for me start slow and I'm not captivated from beginning to end. This one I was. I was from beginning to end. I was just invested in what was going on. I love the storyline with uh, Long Fang and all all this good stuff. The speech Iroh gives to Zuko at the end. I mean, I love me a good Iroh speech. So yeah, this episode has pretty much everything I could ask for. The fights... The fight was good, but it wasn't as good. And that's what's leaving this as a four, as not a four for me. The fight was like not an iconic fight. So that's what's, but that's why I'm not giving it a four, but 3.8 out of four is my score. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, You know, me and Zach were twins. Uh, I'm also at a 3.8. I think this episode does a lot well. Uh, I think this really does a lot. It balances many storylines, many characters. It introduces Jet, gives him a satisfying ending all yes. in one episode, uh, and I think this is a good job. But yeah, it's not it's not that Tales of Bossing say good. Like it it has its moments, but I don't think it is that four zero. So three eight seems appropriate for me. Felipe, where are you? Okay, I wanted to go after at least one of you, and so I was like, let's see if this was too high because my original score is three point nine, and I'm going to stick at three point nine. I think yeah, the Iroh speech. Uh, but if y'all were like 3.2 and I was at 3.9, I was like, nope, I'm going to change it. On the <laughs> side, but, um, wait, uh, wait, 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 Felipe, you were going to not try to sabotage the score. Uh, <laughs> uh like you were not g- going to try to do some shenanigans in the no. guest spot. I mean, fine. I'll give it a four. Uh, if I'm just saying, if you want to go ahead, like, I mean, uh, I'm not going to say this is like, are you referencing when Lisa came on our podcast yes. and gave it a 0.25? Yes. So Zach, we on the Scooby podcast, we like do this uh, episode rankings as well, or the movie rankings. Mm-hmm. And we had a guest come on and give a 0.25, which just absolutely tanked the score. And Navi also did that at one point too. Yep. She, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. One only, but, was uh, it no. that bad or was it a good no, episode? No, it, was, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. But she, she just like didn't like the movie. So she was like, I'm going to tank this. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Felipe, three point nine. Yeah, um, I don't think it's as good as the other episode I came on for Zuko alone, where that was a mm-hmm. perfect four for me. But I think it's on the same. Like, I I really like how they do so well with such a short time, fleshing out all these storylines. Like, Jack gets closure. Zuko and Iroh have their time. Katara has her moments, like of like independent stories, as well as like Toph and. Like, we get everything fleshed out. Like, honestly, I'd, I'd say Aang is one of the least fleshed out characters in this episode compared to, like, the entire squad um, yeah. that we have to take care of. Um, and, like, I don't necessarily care as much about the battles of Zach, but I thought the battles were engaging and, like, I was focused on them as opposed to just things happening on the screen. So I just, and yeah. Ira's speech definitely is, like, very memorable. Yeah, all, all great points. Uh, the listeners are a bit lower, uh, 3.65. Leaving the episode at a three. Well, they're point, wrong. Well, oh, okay, okay. You can at me. Um, leaving the episode ranking at a three point seven nine. We have had a string of just incredible episodes. Uh, it's been really fun to podcast this stretch. So many episodes, all of them are just getting such high ratings, and it really is great to see that. Like, yeah, this this arc of season two holds up. It is that good. Yes, it is. Um, all right, next we're going to get to our battle of the battle rankings. Same thing as we do for the episodes, but we're going to do them for the fights, zero to four cabbages, or I guess elements of the fight. Uh, Zach, you want to start off, start us off in the fight. It's going to be yeah. team avatar versus the daily. Yeah, I'll give this a 2.9 out of four. I mean, there were some cool moments and exciting moments, but overall, not much for me here in these fight in this fight. So 2.9 out of four, still a decent grade, but overall, that's... And is this all the fighting from, like, the back half of the episode? Like, yeah, pretty much, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, Felipe, you want to go next? Yeah, I'm going to give it a 3.2. I thought the top stuff especially was interesting. I thought the Dai Li, like, how they used the walls... I thought that was interesting. And I also like that not everyone got their moment. Like Sokka like had the boomerang out for one second and Katara didn't really do a lot of the fighting in this sequence, but Longshot got his moment. Jet had some cool stuff in here. So I like the fact that they diversified um, and we got to see a, a lot of these minor characters had their skills. And then Toph was just incredible. Like the jump. That was- yeah. Well, so Zach, I think this is going to be the most that we've ever disagreed. I'm at a 3.6. Wow. Uh, and I'll defend myself. Okay, no, that's right now because Zach was so low. I was like, 3.6 was an original score. I can show you that I had it written down. <laughs> oh, no, that, that, that's fine. You guys can go hot. Okay, I'm going to go 3.6 yeah. then. Okay, 3.6. Oh, okay. I'm so wishy-washy. It's all so good. Have, this. All right. So, and here's why. Because the storytelling that we have with Jet in the fight is very cool. I'm a yes. big fan of, of that turn. I also think that the like gloves or whatever we called them a few minutes Man. ago... The no, I think we decided they were gloves. I, I don't remember where Zach. I think just rock hands is just an okay. easy ter- catch-all term for them, right? Am I wrong? No, no, no. You're right. So, so the rock hands are very cool. I think it's a very yeah. fun way to show the fighting. I think that the Toph saving people. I think we see like you know Jet using his hook swords to like get someone to fall. We have the arrows. Like it's so many things, bending and non-bending, that come together. We have the storytelling with Jet. I like this fight. I think this is a good fight. I'm giving it an A in my class. 
Uh, and I'm actually kind of glad we disagreed, Zach. You usually we're pretty we're pretty on top of it together, but here we're separated. I kind of want to bump up my score now. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll bump it up to three point two. Still not there as high go. as you guys, but J- Jacob and Felipe, y'all convinced me. So okay. there you go. It's so, not it's not a two point nine bad because there are it, there are some fights I've scored higher that are worse. So now that I think about it, I'll give it a three point to to maintain that consistency jacob you're giving it an a unlike your teacher what's his name mr trombley uh mr towner mr towner he probably didn't give you you an a no he did not give me an a i don't think he liked me very much he wouldn't even put my teeth on the board uh like english yeah Uh, um anyway yeah the the score really went up uh for me stumping from it you know we were gonna have it be like uh, you know, low three, but now it's a 3.47. Uh, one of the better fights we've seen. So there you go. I guess me, me stumping for it got, got it the recognition. <laughs> I at least think it deserves. There you go. Uh, just one quick question to wrap it up from Chris. What would you call the name of your tea shop? The Brazilian mm, well, full, I got into it already. I think you gave yours a name, right? The Brazilian dragon tea shop. <laughs> Was that one? I don't remember. Um, uh, well, I think that's what the tea would taste oh, like. Oh, salty. Oh, salty. Yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> or royalty. There's probably a royalty out there. Royalty has to exist. The name that I just thought of was Nudity Allowed. But yeah. I don't I, I don't actually <laughs> want that in my tea shop. That's um, Jacob's Twitter handle. <laughs> nudity no. Allowed. Yeah. Do you still have no. um, stamp, stamp the Shrimp in there? Uh. I think I do have Stanta Shrimp in there. Let me check. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I do. Stanta Shrimp. Um, nudity Allowed, I think, would be a good name for like a nudist colony tea shop. <laughs> I don't want to run it. I don't want to run it myself, but if it existed, I wouldn't be upset. Well, you, uh, want, you want, want a cut of the, the financial. Yes. Right? Well, I, I would, I, I'm okay with just like a one-time payment for my creative name, but then after that, it's fine. Uh, Zach, or maybe unbelievable tea. <laughs> I don't think Zach likes my tea puns. <laughs> I mean, I just did it on unbelievable tea. Where, where's the pun here? That's an unbelievable leaf. Unbelievable. Oh, that's that's great. That's a good pun, actually. Honestly, <laughs> that's not bad. I see. I, I've been racking my brain. I can't think of any tea pun or anything tea related. I don't know what I would okay. name my tea shop. You guys want to okay. come up with a name for me, knowing what little you know about me, or a lot, depending on. <laughs> How bag often of you love. guys listen to this? Bag, bag of, of love. love. Like tea bags. Tea, tea bag, bag of, love. of love. Oh, that's um You guys are just rattling on. Naughty Zach. Naughty Zach. I don't know if I like that. Uncle Zach's okay. tea shop. How about that? Zach Muhammad 32. Oh, 32. 32. Ooh, that's a good tea shop name. Nice. Defying gravity. That's not um, bad. Okay, Alpha. <laughs> uh positivity i'm trying to think of words that end in ty anyway there's plenty if anyone else wants to tell us what their tea shop would be called i love a good pun even if you have a more creative name the knuckle cracks tea shop <laughs> Ooh, yes. baby tea. Now, now we're speaking my language um well that's all i have for you do we not uh, have anything? a vendor like the the thing Okay. I, I did not have one. No, for, we don't future have one for a future one, you got to do the backyardigans and make one of them the avatar. I'm a stump for you who has the avatar. Well, why don't we okay. do what are the backyardigans names? Why don't we just do it quickly now? Pablo, right now? 
Tyrone, Uniqua, Austin, and Tasha. But Uniqua is... I don't know their personalities, though. That's the issue. Yeah. So Here, we, we can prepare this for next week, Zach. Is yeah. that- we should have done this with Felipe, though. In my yeah, yeah. Whatever. But, well, Felipe, next time you're on, just okay. if you're on for season three, we'll do the back. All right. Yes. Perfect. Um, well, okay. I think that's all we have for you. Uh, anything else that we should cover before we wrap up? Nah, that's all for me. All right, perfect. Uh, Felipe, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very uh, much, Felipe. Yeah. Thank you. It was great to podcast with you. Yes, it's been a minute. It's yeah, for, it, yeah, it has. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, people can follow me at What the Fleep on Twitter. Um, and then the Brazilian Dragon podcast, we're doing High School Musical, the Musical, the Series recaps each week after every episode. Jacob, are you a High School Musical, the Musical Series person or no? I mean, I tried it. You know, for you, Felipe, I would watch it. Okay, watch it, and then you two can come on the podcast if you want, or you don't have to. But Zach, have you seen it? No, I haven't. I I don't don't think think it's for me, but I I, I do. I do. I I like High School Musical too. I think that was my favorite High School Musical. Oh, that's a good opinion, right there. Um, Yeah. So yeah, we're doing that every week, most weeks with Caitlin, but this week and next week we'll have a guest co-host, Rebecca, Um, and then also. On the Brazilian Dragons, Scooby Snacks and Chats. We'll eventually get to Pirates Ahoy. Um, I'll need to rewatch that before that. Um, yep. And then also, uh, breathe life, uh, live life, breathe air, because iCarly is back. And at the end of the season, Nicole and I will be doing something to talk about the new iCarly. Oh, uh, nice. In terms of what you're doing, we had a great episode with the aforementioned Nicole this week. Um, a little, uh, she was calling out all the chuginess. She she had some opinions. We showed her the photos of the Disney characters. The the like, you know, when you go to Disney World and there's fitness and urban. She she had a reaction to that. Um, and then lastly, uh, if you're listening to this, you're obviously a post show recaps listener. Uh, the great Grace Leader and Ariel Gomez and I will be talking about Luca on the Patreon feed. Uh, the new Pixar movie. As I said, it made me cry. Uh, apparently, Jacob got emotional. A little bit. Um, so, Zach, have you watched Luca yet? No, I have not. Is it on Disney Plus already? Yes, and it's got... free. Oh, Disney it's free yet. on Disney Plus. There you go. Yeah. I'll watch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Calamari by your name, as some people called it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, that's that's all I have going on these days. Uh, what about all you? All you have. You have you have more uh, podcasts than Akiva himself. More than three and a half. <laughs> I mean, I try. I, I just want Jacob to stand me as much as he loves Akiva. <laughs> that's that's an ask too much uh but yeah definitely check out all the fun stuff felipe is doing uh, a lot of fun stuff happening on the brazilian dragon pod and what you doing i won't forget him this time uh with the amazing navi and the amazing davis comma will uh zach where can people find you people can find me on twitter at zach muhammad 32 i don't have nearly as much going on as felipe does so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all. You can catch me just tweeting about basketball on the usual. And uh, yeah, where can they find you, Jacob? People can find me on Twitter at JK Redman and also on the aforementioned Brazilian Dragon podcast where we talk Scooby-Doo movies. Zach, we still have to get you on one. Yes. Soon. The Blue Falcon, right? That's the one you want? I want to do the WWE one. The WWE a, one. Yeah. Oh, Scooby-Doo yes, yes, yeah. WWE yeah, yeah, one. Because yeah, I, yeah, I, like, I like wrestlers and wrestling. Yeah. So yeah. Well, there we go. Well, definitely uh, check that one out when it's there. But also, yeah, check out all the fun stuff Felipe's doing. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to our silliness. Uh, We will be back next week to talk about the Earth King. uh, More Bosco. lame guy. Yep, Uh, (laughs) exactly. Uh, Until then, see you next week. Bye. Peace out.